You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is the one and only Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. Landon, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing good. It's uh, We're getting back into the swing of things now. Um, we're getting closer to the draft. Uh, we're getting real close, so we're going to talk about some, some interesting prospects today. Yeah, so what we're going to do over the next couple days is we are going to zero in on some of the needs that the Cowboys have on the roster. We're going to take a look at what they want from that position, who's currently on the roster to uh, maybe win that job, and potential early round guys for you guys to keep an eye on. Um, So today we're going to take a deep dive into the one technique position, the defensive tackle. Um, Let's solve this position today, Landon. We're going to we're going to highlight some of the are my favorite guys. I know you kind of like Viavea a little bit. I like Deron Payne um, some. So before we get to those guys, let's talk about the uh, job that the one technique does. What does the one technique in Dallas do? Well, I mean, this this seems to be like the $50,000 question, as they used to call it. Um, you know, it, it, it feels like this should be uh, one of the more, more more straightforward job descriptions, and and I and I think it is. Like I think as far as what they ask the one technique to do, I think it's pretty straightforward. Basically, the job is to be a uh, you know physically immovable force in the middle. To uh, you know, I mean, this is a one gap scheme, so you know you're trying to get through a gap. But but really, what you're trying to do as a one technique is occupy blockers. You you specifically are trying to engage double teams in order to keep the linebackers behind you clean and allow them to uh, get, you know, roam and and make the plays. Uh, And then, you know, passing situations, which, you know, they are kind of rarely involved in depending, unless, you know, they are the kind of special players. And we'll talk about that. Um, You know, they they are the, 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 pass rush in the middle, you know, taking on the center or, or trying to get between the center and the, and the guard. Uh, that's basically the job description. All right. So you mentioned that the the job of the one technique here is to occupy blockers, and really, you want to occupy two blockers. Why don't the Cowboys look out for those three hundred and thirty, three hundred and fifty pound defensive tackles that we are used to seeing typically as nose tackles and three four defenses? Why don't they usually like that type of player in their scheme? Well, this is kind of what we were talking about um, before uh, the the before we came on is that you know they are it seems like just kind of having watched them do this for a little bit now they are more interested in playing traits than physical traits i guess is the best way to put it and and, and i think you know and and it it really kind of what they want is a guy who can do those things that i described but then at the same time is they they also want a guy who i think is athletic enough to be able to turn and chase uh, players and, and make you know they they love hot hustle plays. They want every every person on the defense running to the ball at all times, even the nose tackle. So I think one of the reasons they don't necessarily value the you know 
huge hog mollies in the middle is because they feel like they can get done what they need to get done in the middle of the defense with maybe slightly smaller guys who can also provide them something in the way of being able to chase down uh, ball carriers, be able to help with pursuit and that sort of thing. So that's why I think you see, and we'll, like, we'll get into some of these names, but that's why I think you see guys like Dayton Jones playing one technique. You know, he's completely, completely undersized for the position. I mean, you know, just like, but but he has the ability and the trait to hold up in there. I don't know if it's because of his you know strength or whatever that is but they and they they that's what they value is they value the guys who they can watch you know hold up in the middle of that defense take on double teams but also sprint to the ball once it, once it gets out once it spills outside um and i think that's why you see them bring in all different types of body types you know they, they everything from um uh hayden to cedric thornton who is you know looks more like a five technique, but I mean the reason they thought he would be good there is because he's was a fantastic defensive holder. He was mm. I mean if you watch his tape at, 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 with Philadelphia, he was great at holding on to the Cowboys' offensive lineman and not getting called for it. So Especially the Cowboys were Travis Frederick, yeah, Travis yeah, Frederick well, specifically, so specifically Travis Frederick. So I, I think this is one of the reasons that they got, they got him. And you know, as you pointed out as well, that was also with the idea that Rolando McClain would still be available as the middle linebacker. So you know, I think ultimately the the you know in the run game, the one technique's job is to get keep the linebackers clean, whatever means possible, and then the you know larger job of everyone in this defense is to you know full effort chase the ball no matter where it goes. All right, so let's run down through some of the guys that they have on the roster who could be playing that spot this year. And the very first guy I'm going to talk about is Malik Collins. Um, I think Malik Collins is better suited as a penetrating three technique. Um, Use him as that under tackle to get up field. But we saw last year when David Irving came back on the field after his suspension, they used Malik Collins as that one technique. What do you think about Collins as a one technique? I don't love it. Like, I I think, you know, there are some people like Broadus who insist that his best tape came from one technique, and I just, I just don't, I don't agree. Like I, I, I saw agree. a yeah. lot of, I saw a lot of good three technique tape from this guy, um, and he has a lot of great, great traits that make him three technique worthy. You know, I think it was uh, Justice Mosqueda who, you know, I consider to be one of the best voices out there on pass rushers, uh, inside and out, uh, that that commented that the thing that makes Malik Collins special is his hips. You know, he has linebacker hips. Um, he moves like a linebacker at, at his size. So, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, and I think honestly, one of the things that he struggles in is taking on blocks from his side. And I think when you talk about someone who's going to be occupying two blockers, you're going to get blocked from angles. You're not going to like, you know? And, um, I just don't know that he has the sand in his pants to, you know, drop his weight and, and, become an immovable object in the middle of that defense. So I, I, I think that they go, – go ahead, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I think it's a little unfair to kind of have him flipping back and forth because if he's going to be a full-time one technique, I would think that he'd want the entire offseason to bulk up and get ready for that spot. But if he's going to be flipping back and forth, I mean, it, uh, that's got to be a challenge for him, right? Uh, look, I don't have a problem with him functioning at, at the one technique, and I'm doing air quotes there, you know, you know, penetrating in the in the a gaps 
you know, I don't have an issue with that. Like, I mean, you know, in a passing down situation. But if we're asking sure. him to become a full time one technique where he's the you know first and second down run stuffing, you know, double team occupying guy, the kind of the guy we're talking about. Uh, you know, I, I I think ultimately he was asked to do it to kind of step in and, and play that part, and and he's a team player, and that's why he did it last year. But I I don't know that ultimately you know I don't know that adding weight to him and 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 making him into a wing technique is is really playing to his best skill set. I agree. I think they need to slim him down and just let him penetrate, even if he's you know, playing 35, 40% of the snaps is that under tackle. I think you're going to get more value out of him uh, well, as yeah, a three technique. I, I, listen, I think if you get, huh, I mean, just think about David Irving and Malik Collins in a rotation at three technique. I mean, that's a that's a great duo to be rotating in, you know, in and out at your three tech. I, I think you, you, you're good there if you could figure out a way to figure out the other defensive tackle position. All right, so let's go through a couple of these other names. Brian Price, uh, the guy that the Cowboys signed last year, um, was a exclusive rights free agent that they retained this year. Um, suffered an injury, a, a pretty severe knee injury, but we liked the tape that we saw from him from him last year, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, he to me, and I kept on commenting like he had a running ever since we uh, we got him. He had, you know, he would only get like I think, you know, ten or twelve snaps maybe a game. He wasn't playing a ton, but of those ten or twelve snaps, he had had at least one play where he flashed. He made a a a good play, um, like not just a you know did his job play. Like he went above and beyond, um, which is what you want to see from a guy, a young guy who's only getting a few snaps. You know, like. So uh, I was excited about his play, and he was one of the bright spots during a, a period of of play for the Cowboys defense that was not fantastic. So uh, when he got hurt, it was I felt like it was a blow. Um, and I mean, you know, obviously it wasn't a pr- huge production blow because again, he you know he was only playing ten to twelve snaps, but I, I felt like he was he was coming along and, and that he could be a player. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I I'm interested to see where he is in his recovery and all that, but I I, I do. I do wonder what we're going to get from him. I'm excited to see what we're going to get from him uh, coming into OTAs in the training camp. I think of all the guys that we're going to mention here that are on the roster, I think he has the most upside to potentially develop into a starter in that role. Um, Another guy that we need to keep an eye on, and I'm not sure of his status with the Cowboys, but that's Steven Paya. Um, There was rumors last year that he was going to retire. I think he even sent out a tweet that he was thinking about retiring. Um, The Cowboys did not put him on their retired list. They actually put him on IR. Um, As of right now, he is still listed on the Cowboys depth chart. Um, I like Pi. I really like the job that he does when he's in there. That guy is about as strong as a one technique as you're going to find. If Pi is interested in playing football this year, do you want him on the roster? I mean, one hundred percent. Like, like if he if he can play, if he can do it, absolutely. Let me let's rewind a little bit. In fact, let me just go ahead and make this statement: of everybody that we're going to mention on here, maybe no, um, I don't even know short of Vita Vea, frankly. Including all the draft picks, a healthy Paya may be the best choice for 2018. Like if he, if he's, if what we saw at a training camp was possible next year, and he's healthy, th- he is the best choice out of all these guys. I think. I mean, I, I can't state enough how excited uh, we were about Paya, 
And, and I think this, you know, and all this discussion that everyone made about how terrible these free agent acquisitions uh, the Cowboys have made uh, these last few years, I think that people are forgetting that unfor- that was an unfortunate situation with Pia, but we had a, a, a you know, I don't know if I want to say a home run, but we hit a triple with Pia at least. If, if you watched what he was doing in training camp, he was destroying everybody, including Frederick and Martin at times. And and was was all over the place was was making plays like he was actually one of the playmakers of the defensive line you know that that people were excited about because he just is I mean he is built to do this he is abnormally abnormally strong not just for defensive tackles but for you know football players he's strong like he's he's just I think he held the bench record for a while yeah. and, I, and I don't, that, that doesn't necessarily indicate strength but it shows you that the dude's been in the weight room before and um. You know, I I feel like, and he was able to penetrate and and you know just do everything that they needed. I, honestly, I, I think that, uh, you know, coming into the year, I was excited at what we were going to get out of Paya, and then it clearly, by the time that the first week rolled around, he, his knee had already deteriorated to a point where he he was struggling. He wasn't playing at the same level he was in the regular season as he was in the preseason. Uh, and then obviously, uh, you know, he, I mean, when did he actually retire? Did he actually? Yeah, he, I think he was, it was. It was I, either I, early I, in the he, season or before the season, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, and I don't even think he was all that healthy to start training camp either. I think he was trying to tough it out, but well, he had yeah. a hard time even walking in training camp. Well, yeah, and he had to, he had to you know, took, took a lot of uh, vet days and everything. But But every time he was on the field... He was just blowing everybody up like it was crazy. Like, and I and I and if you go back. I invite everyone to go back and look at uh, how we we reacted to him then because I it was a lot of excitement about what 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 we got out of this guy. All right, and a couple names I just want to throw out there really quickly: Richard Ash, who they've had on and off the roster uh, over the last couple of years, is it probably the biggest defensive lineman they have on the roster? I think he's listed about three hundred and thirty-six pounds. Um, and then Daniel Ross. They also have Lewis Neal, who they played a little bit at three last year and even a little bit at one. Um, I don't see Lewis Neal as an option at one. But uh, any quick comments on any of those three guys? I actually think Neil's a guy to watch. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen to him in the in the off season, but I mean, I know they liked him. And and uh, I'll just mention that Richard Ash, like if we end up with Richard Ash on the team again next year, or if he comes in because someone gets hurt, like I think Richard Ash is your floor. You know what I'm saying? You know what you have in Richard Ash, but you're hoping obviously to greatly improve from that. But I think Richard Ash. Uh, is is not a bad player at all. I, I think he is the guy you're probably calling off the couch to see if he's in good shape. If you have a whole rash of injuries at the position, um, but he sh- he's shown that he can come in and 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 take some snaps and not just embarrass you. I guess uh, you, you clearly want to upgrade from that spot because he will be uh, uh, the the weak spot on the team if he's on the field. But he's also not like he's an NFL player at least. It's going to be interesting to see how that end of the roster uh, defensive line shakes out because I like Lewis Neal a lot, um, but I also like Dayton Jones' strength and athleticism. I don't think there's going to be spots for both of them on the roster. So it's going to be interesting uh, yeah, to see which which one makes it. Um, all right, let's talk about a couple draft guys. We have three guys listed um, that are 
I would say, realistic guys that the Cowboys could consider in the first two rounds. And let's go ahead and start with Vita Vea, the defensive tackle out of Washington. We know that Vea is going to be one of the Cowboys' 30 visits. Um, He doesn't fit the prototypical size that the Cowboys want from that one technique in the sense that he's much bigger uh, than some of the guys they have on the roster. But tell us a little bit about Vita Vea and how he would fit in here in Dallas. Um, I think the first thing we got to say is that Vea is likely a first round pick. I mean, he, he, he will probably more than likely go in the first round. Sure. So, um, this is a, this is a pick at 19. This is not a, a, a 50 pick. Um, and when talking about the one technique position, the Cowboys have, have kind of made it clear that they don't really believe in investing first round picks on pure one technique players now which is what, why this the, visit is interesting well this uh, i mean i think obviously this is where the caveat comes in and i think the caveat is where is where uh where vea slips in is that they have interest in d- drafting these guys if they have three technique traits which mean meaning penetration can they get in the backfield you know that's sort of pass rush essentially um and and so i think what they're saying is that they think that this is uh uh, this is you know a guy that they think has more than just push the pocket ability, and more you know someone that can actually be a pass rusher and, and and pressure the quarterback, or or that's or they're trying to figure out if he is that. I guess is maybe the more accurate thing to say. So <clears throat> I think that you know Vita Vea to me of all these guys, you know I said that Paya is probably the best, you know more than likely the best if he's healthy. That you know we could immediately get, if, and that's a pretty big if. Vea to me is the the guy with the highest ceiling of all these guys. I mean, I, I think when you look at what the kind of athlete he is at his size, it's just you know you, you watch some of the games, like specifically, obviously the Stanford tape is essentially mm. you know become legend at this point. It's um, just a highlight film, essentially. Um, you know, I think you watch it and 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 you know you get a sense of what this guy can do and you and and you know that's that's why here you're drafting him in the first round the uh you know he's just to kind of give you the quick he's he's extremely powerful um he's he basically is one of those big kind of round guys but has you know but is so light on his feet it's it seems impossible um you know and i i think that he's you know he's Really, his, his athleticism um, and explosion for a guy that size is is, is comparable to um, you know the, some of the, uh, the the guys that you think of. A, who was the guy that from Baltimore that moved to Detroit? I can't. Holodi Nada. That, that's uh, the hope. Is he Holodi Nada? Uh, I think I think Nada is kind of what the kind of you know we talk about spectrums. You know, I think the Holodi Nada spectrum is what you what you're thinking about for Vita Vea, right? Like, is he? You know, that's what you're 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 pointing towards that kind of athlete, that kind of way he wins. I think he is. I don't know that he is necessarily as disruptive a run player as Nada was, but I think as far as you know, uh, the guy that can is a big man who can do anything, power and speed, uh, and just you know probably needs to be harnessed a little bit. I think that's kind of where you're talking on the scale of you know Pro Bowler Haloti Nada, or you know not quite out of college holiday nada so sure um, I, I think that's where we're talking about with the guy like Vita Vea. What, what are your thoughts 
Yeah, so I think it's important to kind of have a spectrum from some of these guys. If he hits and becomes Haloti Nada, this that's an excellent fit. Um, could he just become Danny Shelton? Maybe. Uh, the guy that I wrote down in my notes, and this is from a while ago, is do you remember Sean Rogers, who played for yeah, Detroit absolutely. for all for te- those for, years? Yeah, from Texas, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. With the um, University of Texas. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, play, played at Texas, played at Detroit for a bunch of years. Just a big guy that you could not move. Strong as could be. Um, I, I think that's Danny Shelton. Now, what I have concerns about is his pad level is all out of control. Um, he's a great athlete, but you don't see the quickness in the get-off that you would, you know, you're kind of hoping for from an athlete that good. Um, so maybe... So maybe he gets with a good defensive line coach like Rob Marinelli, and Marinelli is able to clean up some of his technique. And for me, that's my biggest issue with him is his technique is all over the place. Yeah. Um, I'm not worried. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's a consistency. I'm not worried about this. Well, he's only going to play 40 to 50% of your snaps. That's fine. That's, that's what Dallas wants from their defensive linemen. They want to keep these guys fresh. So if you can have a uh, Vita Vea playing you know, at full tilt for 30 to 40 snaps a game, I will take that. So uh, it wouldn't be my favorite pick at 19, but I would not hate it at all. I think that's a guy that instantly makes the rest of your team better. Um, I think it allows you to maybe have a little bit more speed at the linebacker position. You don't necessarily have to go get uh, these guys that can take on blocks all the time. I'm okay with Vita Vea, but the guy that I really like and I think is interesting is Deron Payne from Alabama. Uh, Payne, if you watch just the last two games of the season for Alabama, you'd think that guy is a top five lock, Hmm. but he did not produce at all at Alabama. I believe he had just one tackle for a loss this year. I'm pulling this up. Yeah, He he had three and a half tackles for a loss last year, and then he had one and a half tackles for a loss this year. Um, he's a young player. Uh, he's very, very thick. He doesn't have the athleticism uh, of a Vita Vea. He's not as explosive, but I think he's just every bit as strong. Um, I, I think that's a guy that you get him into your scheme, and I think he can become like another Ravens defense tackle in Brandon Williams, where he's just impossible to move uh, out of uh, you know the the zero or the one gap. But give me your thoughts on Deron Payne. You know, it's funny because I, you know, I I was waiting to see if we were going to finish up with Vea because I feel like the the transition here was naturally to Payne because I have <clears throat> I think I feel like they have similar um, downsides where I I don't I, there's a lot of inconsistency with Vita Vea and and like I don't see it all the time and he doesn't for for what the kind of athlete that he is he doesn't dominate the way that he should. Um, all the time. Now, that's my thing with with Deron Payne, is mm. that I see things with Deron Payne that you know, even even when he doesn't make the play, especially it felt like early on in the season at times, uh, even when he doesn't make the play, you see him do stuff and you're like, oh oh my, like just you know just discarding interior linemen. Um, I think I watched him against Arkansas, and um, there was a play where he. Uh, he basically threw uh, 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 he threw a the guard that he had into the into the running back into the hole <laughs> and just and, and basically knocked knocked the like you know it's kind of like a, a a dodgeball situation where he basically threw a, a guard as a dodgeball uh, medicine ball style into a, a, a running back and knocked him down. Um, but you know, it, it's like at the same time, just like Vea, it's like, 
why am I not seeing that all the time? And, 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 and in the same way, it's, it, I, I don't know if this is lazy or if it's a lack of concentration, but it feels like there's times when I watch both these players and they get stymied once they're on the move and it's like they, they're watching the play. You know, it's like they, it's like they're, instead of, instead of continuing, like there's not like an element of relentlessness to them, either player all the time. And I think that that's, I I think that's where what's missing from both of these players games is that I I wish there was like that Indomitian Sue, like I am coming to destroy you, like every single snap. Like, I think that you see it with them and they can do those kind of things like that are just like unbelievable. But I do feel like it's like they lose – sometimes they'll lose concentration or like when Payne will take on a double team, even if he can get – he has the ability to keep going to get around the guy, like it feels like he kind of just – he gets caught watching the play too, too much and then it like isn't part of the, the play anymore. It's almost it like he washed. did his job and he's good. Like, yeah, I, I'm taking out my blocks I, I, and I'm fine. That's the thing where I can't tell. Like, I can't tell if it's like, oh, I've done, I've done it, and like, oh, it's not me. I can't, and just giving up, or if it's like, if it's really just. I think that that sometimes it happens on the field. Like when you when you're tired, like you, you you're not you're not you know you're engaged, so you think you're doing something, but you're not you, you're not like, oh, I can. There's more I can do. You know, like you you've kind of like I've done my part. I'm I'm lost. It's like no, you're not lost. Keep going. You know, it's like keep 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 trying. I feel like there's not not that you know just constant thing in his head like to hey go 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 get you know keep, you know finish off make a move you know like he I think you're like I don't know I don't want to call it lazy. I think it's like it's it's more of like when he, when he gets tired like it's he loses a killer instinct to a certain. He degree. becomes a little bit more passive. That's more, yeah, and I, I just, I think that's the, the the issue with both of those guys. Now, can someone like Rob Marinelli <laughs> fix that mm. <laughs> by sticking their foot up his butt? Like, I, you know, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I've seen it happen before, well, but I've also seen it not work before. So, I, I don't know. This is my question to you. Both of these guys, I expect to be first round picks, and I expect them to both be top twenty to twenty five picks. Knowing who the Cowboys have as their defensive coordinator and knowing that they have a pretty good track record of developing defensive line talent, which guy would you like to see here in Dallas? Well, I, I, I kind of want, I would like to see Vea because I, okay. I, and, 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 I, I think that A, Vea's situation is fixable a, a lot more through technique work. I, I, I also think that um, despite the fact of, of your initial thought of what he looks like, you know, and what 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 your brain tells you he looks like, I I think that he can do several different things for the Cowboys. Like I I feel like I don't know that even though Drawn Payne, like one of the things we didn't talk about with Payne is that his get off is crazy for his size. Like it, mm. he gets off the ball really great for his size. But besides that, like I don't know that I love him as a three technique. Like I think I I would like him as a three technique on passing downs, but on rundowns, like I feel like, you know, he'd be great if you're running right at him. But can he like necessarily, you know, chase down the backside of a of a wide zone like the way you would love to, your three technique to do it? Like the way I know Collins can. I don't know, but I, I think that, I think that Vea can do that. 
and can do one technique stuff. And if you want to continue to use that Deacon defense, I think he would really be great as that, you know, kind of zero technique um, guy in, in the middle. So I, I feel like, I feel like Veo is is the reason Veo is going to be a higher pick to me is because I feel like he's got a little bit higher upside and he's a little more versatile because of what gives him upside that that kind of athleticism that's a little bit more of a, a piece of clay to work with and you know Payne's been with at, in Alabama you know like I, how much more technique work can that guy get done I know Washington is a great school for defensive players but but still I, I feel like well Payne's only twenty years old. He, he just one. turned 20 not too long ago, too. So he's a pretty raw player. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I, I think it's they're similar, but I think it's the difference to me is Vea's, uh, Vea's athleticism. All right, and one quick note on Deron Payne. Um, I'm working on this project for Pro Football Weekly, you know, charting all these edge rushers and all these defensive tackles. Uh, Deron Payne has the third fastest 10-yard split of any defensive tackle since 2005. Uh, he had a, one, a 166 10-yard split, which that is absolutely insane for a 311-pound defensive tackle. All right, really quickly, we have a bunch of defensive tackles in this class that can do this job. Um, we're not going to go through all the names, but guys such as Tim Settle, uh, uh, Nathan Shepard, who the Cowboys have interest in, um, there's a guy called Kendrick Norton from Miami who I like a little bit, but the one guy that we both kind of highlighted that we like a little bit is a player from South Florida. And that is, uh, I'm not sure how we say his first name. Is it Dedrin? D- I, think it's, I think it's, oh, I thought it was Dedrick. Dedrick uh, or Dedrick to Sanat. I could be wrong. Dedrick, I, I, right, I've only D- known his last name, Sanat. <laughs> Sanat, that's all we know. It's it, yeah. it's Sanat from South Florida. USF, a really yeah. fun uh, player. I I see a little bit of a uh, former, or not, not a former, excuse me, a current Steeler, Javon Hargrave. Tell me a little bit about Sanat. I mean, he's a uh, a fridge with arms. You know, <laughs> he's like he's he's. He's the prototype, I think, of the body, like of what you would truly think about as a one technique. Um, just on a very, you know, surface level, he's, you know, he's probably six feet, probably three hundred and twenty pounds. He's got long, thick arms. He's got short legs, which gives him a low center of gravity. Um, and he's, he's just, powerful, you know, though. He's so well. Well, it's perfect. I mean, that's exactly what you want. You want. I mean, you. Any wrestler will tell you you want to you want to get leverage you got to get lower and this guy is going to get lower than any six foot three or six foot two guard any you know six foot one or six foot two center like he can get down and the best part is that he's you know he's got great like he he's he's got such a great play stance you know he he gets his hands above his uh, his head you know his, with his eyes up and he and he so he's very 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 aware when he's engaged with a with with the with the offensive lineman and then so he's very easily able to discard of them and then make a play like <clears throat> this he's not you know an incredible athlete or by any stretch of the imagination this guy isn't like a sideline to sideline one technique necessarily though you'll see plays where he does it man like he 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 tries really hard but beyond all that like he uh he 
is so good at just playing his gap, you know, at being responsible for his gap of of penetrating, pushing through, uh, seeing where the you know, being able to see where uh, the the play is going, then getting off his man, and, and and if it's coming near him, making the play. Yeah, I love him a lot. I think that's a guy that you can get. I think he's going to go around eighty-one because I, I just don't see teams taking a ton of one techniques early in this draft. But that's a guy. If you get him at eighty-one, I think that's a plug-and-play starter. I'm a little bit concerned about his get-off. I, I sometimes it's kind of slow, and it looks like he he's just waiting to punch or react to the offensive lineman. But other than that, I, I think that's a guy that can come in right away and start for the Cowboys. Where do you think he would go, and where would you be comfortable picking him? I mean, I, I don't really – I'm not 100% sure on um, on rounds, I guess, with this point. But, I, I I mean, I think maybe one of those fourths, you know? I think okay. – is that – I mean, that maybe – is that too early? I, I don't know. I feel no, like I, – I, I like, See, I like him a little bit more than you. I think I like him in the third. Yeah. I, I mean, I would – I – I wouldn't necessarily hate that. I, I'm just not completely familiar with the middle part of the draft yet to be sure. like sure, like where to slot him. But I mean, I certainly think his his play is warranted. That I mean, especially if the rest of the crop isn't as great, and you want to make sure. I mean, because you probably can get him and plug him in as a starter. I think. I mean, I, I mean, at the position, or at least this, you know, as for all all those snaps that you would give a, a one technique, you know. Uh, so we're going to say anywhere after the top 75, 80 picks, we'll, we would be fine with that pick. But um, I encourage you guys to go out, look at some of those one techniques, especially that uh, Nathan Shepard. I know the Cowboys like him a lot. Yeah, uh, he's I like a, him He's too. a fun – yeah, he's a good player. I, I would be fine taking him anywhere inside the top 100. Uh, that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you guys get your podcast. Follow Landon at McCoolBTB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. And of course, I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys next time. <laughs>